Hello and welcome to the Belmont Journal, your source for hyper-local news and community updates. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week. First, we have a tip from Belmont Light. The summer months are usually the ones when our electricity use peaks. To meet demand, Belmont Light often has to use sources of electricity that are more expensive and worse for the environment. So do your part to hold down electricity use during peak summer hours. To help us out, Belmont Light will be sending out peak usage alerts via social media like Twitter and Facebook. You want to look for these alerts as hashtag peak usage alert, that's all one word, on Twitter or Facebook. And when you see one, that's your cue to reduce your electricity use. Belmont held a groundbreaking for the extensive police department renovations that are getting underway on July 9th. The Belmont Journal was there. This is our official groundbreaking for the police station project. Uh, the police will start moving out into the trailers this week. We probably will actually start construction in here in a couple of weeks. We anticipate that the construction here will take about a year. So we're looking to be back here maybe next August for the ribbon cutting. One of our mandates on this project was to preserve the 1931 exterior of the police station. Easier said than done. But we've been able to do that um, by accessing community preservation funding to do the, you know, the work, the upgrading and the, the cleaning up and the repair of the exterior. And then we are doing everything in the interior to bring it up to 21st century standards. So you'll see the beautiful historic exterior and then you'll walk through the front door and it'll be a brand new modern police station. It's kind of the best of both worlds. Again, I just want to say thank you on behalf of the department. Uh, it's a very exciting time and uh, I know when I was interviewed back in 2007, uh, the board at the time asked me, Chief, is there anything that we can do? And I said, well, you gotta, you got to reinvest in your department and you can start with the classic 1931 building and uh, bring it up to speed and up to the times and technology. And uh, with the, what's going to be happening here is going to address a lot of those issues that we presently have. But on behalf again of the department, I want to say thank you. Thank you to the town meeting members that voted in favor. Thank you to the building committee that helped and got us to where we are today. Uh, thank you to the town administrator and the board of selectmen uh, for the support and moving it forward. Uh, it is a very exciting time and, uh, you know, I'm just very grateful because it's something that is very needed for the department and the community. And I truly believe once it's all done and completed, it's going to be a project that we all can be very proud of. The town has been ticking off the list and we've done the fire stations and we've built the senior center and we've done the Wellington School and we've worked our way down to police, the big, what I call the big four, police, DPW, high school and library, and everything's in process. We have some sad news. Um, another Belmont Center business is closing. The 30 Petals Women's Clothing Store closed at the end of June. Joanna Jubilis met with the owner Erica Kleinkopf at the store's farewell party. Hi, how are you? 
close to 26 years. Do you remember the date you opened? Um, it was the end of September 1993. Yep, so a really long time. So how did you come to the decision to just you know, and you know, I just think I had been doing this for so long and I just thought it was just the right time to move on and have another chapter in my life. Even though I have loved every minute of it. I love every minute of it. I and I'm just gonna miss my customers so much the most. That's really the relationships that I've made and the people I've met over the years and the people who've supported me, that's what I'm going to really say goodbye to 30 petals. What I'm wearing is a 30 petal top to bottom outfit, earrings, which I had many years ago, a pair for a friend too, a dress, very unique dress from Italy, and a purse as well. Even though the Belmont Center has lost the 30 Petals women's clothing store, the Belmont Center Business Association is alive and well. Jane Peters meets with Gary Dinkout, the, the owner of Champions and the president of the Business Association to talk about some of the ways in which the association is contributing to the community. All right. Hi everyone, we're here in Belmont Center at Champion Sporting Goods. We're here with Jerry from Champions. Thanks so much for being here today. Sure. We're here to talk a little bit about the Belmont uh, Center Business Association right. and not just about how the association supports the businesses in Belmont Center, but also how it supports the community. Mm. So something that people might not know about, your most recent donation was for the defibrillators the defibrillator. in the parks. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, the recreation department asked us for a donation, the uh, center association, to donate $500 mm -hmm. to put a defibrillator or some of the costs for the defibrillator. Mm -hmm. And uh, we voted on it, we voted yes. That's great. So we gave them a check last week or so. Awesome. Yeah. And there's lots of other things that you've done to support the community as well. Can you talk a little bit about what some of those are? Sure. So for Town Day is where we raise our money. Mm -hmm. uh, we raise anywhere between twelve and $13,000. That's amazing. For Town Day. And with that money, we buy uh, flowers for the center. Mm -hmm. We also give $300 to the Eric Habelo Golf Open. Mm -hmm. We give $750 to the Dan Sharpman Road Race. Great. Um, that money, that money is spent with gift cards to everybody who belongs to the association. So they okay. have to spend it in, in town okay. here. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and they have to spend it to people who belong to the association. Okay. So, I get the gift cards for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, it, we have about twenty people, twenty to twenty-four businesses, small businesses that belong to the association. Mm -hmm. So lots of different kinds of projects that you donate to and some beautification stuff and exactly. lots of things to support the community. Right. So way. we also do the uh, holiday celebration, okay. uh, turn on the town, yep. we pay for that. Awesome. We do the Halloween uh, painting contest mm -hmm. and that we raise that money we give to the FBE, the Foundation for Belmont Education. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and then we give, with the money we raise from Tande, we give two $500 scholarships to high school kids. Great. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. So it kind of works both ways. Great. Yeah. They support us, we give back. Yeah, that's important too, right. right? Yeah. That's great. And can you talk a little bit about the association in general? Is it most of the businesses that are just on this on Leonard Street, or does it extend any further than that? Or no, it's just the businesses in the center. Mm -hmm. uh, there's about 20 of us. Mm -hmm. It's all the small businesses. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the big corporations don't get involved. They don't okay. want to get involved. Mm -hmm. CBS, Bank of America, Santander Bank. Starbucks, mm -hmm. none of them join the association, okay. unfortunately. So it really just serves the small businesses right. in the area. Exactly. Okay. So we've been, uh, we started back in 1989 mm -hmm. and uh, going strong right now. Great. Yeah. And Champions itself has been around for quite a while. Oh, God. 30 years. Just <laughs> 30 celebrated years. 30 years. Have you seen a lot of changes in Belmont throughout that time, uh, throughout the kind of businesses that are down here and that kind of thing? A lot of changes in the center and yeah. more coming yep. this year and next. Yep. All good. Yep. It's all good. Great. Right. Great. But overall, uh, must have been a good ex good experience <laughs> overall being downtown and it is. being here. And it is. We're in a good location. Uh, there's a lot of traffic down here. Mm -hmm. um, and we're the official cut through a Belmont Center. So <laughs> there's a sign on the door. Do, right. so, so, so we get traffic that way. That's great. Yeah. Great. So people can stay tuned for information about the Halloween contest and things like that that are coming up. And uh, come otherwise. up next is. Uh, the Halloween contest. Yeah. Right. We're right. trying to do something for fall. We're trying mm -hmm. to uh, plan something for late fall, either close down the street, um, you know, maybe have a movie, but that's still in the initial planning stages. Okay, great. So, yeah. Cool. Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, is there any way people, anywhere that people can stay up to date on those kind of events? Is there... Um, our, we have a website, mm -hmm. BelmontCenterBusiness.com, and we put uh, all the activities on there. Great. Um, cool. So they can go on there and look. Awesome. Right. And everybody that belongs to the Center of Association is on that website. Okay, awesome. Right. So you can see a list of everyone that participates right. and yeah. donates to those causes. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking okay. with us today. Sure. And we'll uh, be talking to you soon, I'm sure, and okay. seeing you. Everybody come down and visit. All righty. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome to this week in the Citizen Herald, and we're happy to have Joanna Juvelis back with us again this week. How are you, Joanna? Just a little hot, but other than that, okay. I'm good. <laughs> It's a little so, hot today. Is it just my imagination, or is Belmont experiencing more airplane noise than it used to? No, it's, it's not your imagination. In fact, for the past six years, Belmont has been experiencing more airplane noise. I remember when it first started happening, I was like, what's going on? It's like all this noise. And then I found out what was going on. I found out that the flight patterns were changed. There's this runway uh, that they call 33L. Uh -huh. So were they changed without any kind of public announcements or? Pretty much, okay. yeah, pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. So once residents found out, um, this one particular resident, Myron Casaraba, became Belmont's representative for a community advisory committee that Massport has. Uh -huh. And, you know, they've held lots of public meetings and then they formed their own group because the runway, the runway where the flight patterns changed is called 33L. So they formed a, a group called the 33L Municipal Working Group. And it's not just Belmont, it's other towns that have been affected like okay. Arlington and Watertown and Cambridge. So there's representatives from each of those towns. Myron's working with them and what they've been doing is they've been writing letters to the FAA, you know, issuing complaints online to the FAA. 
talking to legislators, doing everything they possibly can, you know, measuring noise, everything they possibly can to, to get this back to the way it was. So are they having any influence? Okay. In 2000, so this all started in 2013. Mm -hmm. In 2016, Massport and FAA finally heard them and said, well, well, we'll have MIT do a study to come up with alternate flight patterns. So just this past June 24th, a, a doctor who did the study presented 14 options okay. that would take away, like it would, it would disperse the noise more, mm -hmm. it would disperse the, the flight patterns more and create more equity. And to understand what that means, basically communities that haven't had airplanes flying over them could have airplanes flying over them. It's, it's just, but, but, but perhaps not as frequently as, as, as as yes. the affected communities are experiencing right in now. In the meantime, over the past six years, there's been many more flights taking off from this 33L runway um, as late as 1 a.m. in the morning. And, and well, because Boston Logan is becoming a busier airport, it's right? actually where a lot of international. I think it's that I think Logan flies people to 30 different countries. Yep, it's becoming an international hub. I think that's what they call it. So um, we've, we've had so the news. That's the news, okay. and basically, more information is going to be needed before any progress can be made. It is progress, but it's not. We don't know what solution they're going to pick, if any. The FAA has to approve it. The Massport has to approve it. All the airlines have to approve it. There will be hopefully a public meeting in September where okay. Myron Casaraba will will present all of this information to the public, and there'll be lots of public meetings. So just well keep people informed in the Citizen Herald and on Wicked Local Belmont about okay, that, it. That sounds good, Joanna. So so just a quick reminder too, this is bike theft season. Yes, it is. It is. Unfortunately, with the nicer weather and people riding their bikes, if you don't lock your bike and you leave it outside in your front yard or your backyard, it could potentially get stolen. There's been a lot of bike thefts. But also, even if you do lock it, and you leave it overnight somewhere, you're still at risk it's of having it stolen because if it's the coil lock, um, these thieves are actually cutting the locks. All right, well, good for people to pay attention to. We don't want bikes stolen. So thank you very much, Joanna. You're and welcome. We'll talk to you next time. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. And we have Franklin Tucker, editor of the Belmontonian, back with us again this week. How are you, Franklin? Thank you very much for having me. So I understand that after many, many, many years, we're, we finally have some progress on remediation of the McLean barn. Yes, uh, I think uh, this is one of those um, uh, proposals that um, people may have missed out on because it's far away from uh, the, the real uh, population centers in Belmont. It's uh, right across the street from the Mill Street entrance to McLean's. It's also right next to Rock Meadow and the Kendall Garden neighborhood. It's a it's a barn that was built in the nineteen about a hundred years ago okay. uh, for the McLean Hospital. Um, mm -hmm. To I think it was to make milk. You know to have you know. Uh, oh, so dairy. It, was, it was part of an actual working farm. Um, Okay. And so uh, the McLean Hospital uh, uh, decided to give it to the town. They got, and it, they got out of the milk business. <laughs> that's right. And it was an abandoned building. Uh, so what, what the town is now doing is it's, uh, it's now taking CPA money that it, that it was approved a year, a year, a year ago and uh, moving forward to stabilizing the barn and, and getting rid of the graffiti and things like that. Um, 
and they've uh, and the Lone Tree Hill Committee, which is the committee that overlooks anything that's on that property. Okay. Uh, there are they have um, hired a facilitator that will start uh, meeting with um, uh, uh, people who have interests in the barn and from mm -hmm. in the public itself to find out what should the future of the barn be. I mean, there have been examples. There, some people are thinking it as a uh, visitor center or a community center, especially for a, a part of town that really doesn't have any real close connection to the rest of the town. Kendall Garden is a great community, and it would be nice to have something there that, that is a town property. But what is the future? So that's something that the facilitator is going to be doing during the fall of this year. So among the things that we'll have is, is a public meeting so that they can get input from the community. The facilitator will, will, will hold meetings with, with stakeholders in the area, like the Conservation Commission and Lone Tree Hill Committee and people like that. Then they're going to move forward uh, with a public meeting, and then there will be a real decision on what should that future be. And then, of course, the big thing, finding the money for it. Okay. Well, so that sounds like progress, and mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. So um, I understand that something that... that the police received some phone calls <laughs> well, about a missing statue? That's right. Uh, it, apparently, uh, uh, a couple of uh, uh, people on Monday, uh, what, what, uh, they were coming into town or they were in town. They looked up uh, at the, um, at the uh, uh, as it's called, the Boston Temple uh -huh. uh, for the, for the Latter-day Saint, um, Latter Saints, and they saw that, that uh, Angel Maroney was gone. <laughs> Where did the angel go? Uh, it turned out that uh, Angel Maroney was being replaced. Uh, uh, the, uh, the people who run the temple um, uh, stated that uh, after 20 years, uh, the statue, a golden statue of, a, of, a, of an angel blowing a horn, uh, it, it got a little worn out. I okay. mean, 20 years in New England weather and the wind up there, it's, it's the tallest uh, you know, structure in, in, in the area, that they better replace it. And they did, and it looks beautiful now. Oh, so it's been replaced. That's so, right. So I missed the whole thing. <laughs> so, so yeah, they, 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 this is Moroni too. You know, okay. <laughs> somebody came in for him, her. All right. Well, so that's good to know, and um, we'll talk to you again next time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Franklin. Here's something you parents will want to know about: the Payson Park Music Festival, which has been running concerts on Wednesday evenings throughout the summer will also be holding special kids concerts throughout July on Friday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Chet Messer, our Belmont Journal volunteer, met with Ralph and Sherry Jones, whose generosity has made these kiddie concerts possible. On that farm he had a cow. What does the cow say? Good booze, everybody. And on that farm he had a cow, E-I-E-I-O. My husband Ralph and I have contributed to the children's concerts as part of the summer music series. So I think it started up a couple of years after the original concert started and uh, we got a request from Tommy Olson to support that and we were happy to do it and we've been doing it ever since. I knew Tommy first when we both had our first children. And our association originally was having children the same ages. Mm -hmm. The way a lot of people meet mm -hmm. in town. That's how you get to know someone. Well, I met Tommy through, through Sherry. And in fact, I noticed of just reviewing some of the 
history of the Payson Park Music Concerts, and um, I got to know Tommy uh, once I got into town government. Uh, I remember particularly when she came and appealed for funds when I was on the Warrant Committee. This would have been sometime between about 2002 and 2006. And what had happened was, because of Prop 2.5 and, and budget constraints, the support she was getting from the Recreation Department had to be cut back. And she was looking either for, for more of that funding or some sort of contributions. And I think that's what stimulated me to think what we ought to do is give her some contributions and help this project go forward. Can everybody take your scarves and shake them up? Hi, let me see all those colors. Whoa! Lovely, I love them. We're going to do a song about colors, but let me see if I can pick my favorite color. Yellow! Everybody say yellow! Yellow! yellow. So if you've got a yellow scarf, Wave it around. If you've got a yellow scarf, wave it around. If you've got a yellow scarf, wave it around, wave it around. If you've got a yellow scarf, wave it up and down, all around. If you've got a yellow scarf, wave it around, wave it around. And now it's time for our community calendar with Jane Peters of all the things happening and all the things interesting in Belmont this week. Hi everyone, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. Rudyard Kipling's novel The Jungle Book comes to life at the library on Monday at 10 a.m. with the Hampstead Stage Company. Watch as Mowgli, an abandoned man-cub raised by wolves, embarks on an adventure in the jungle. This free performance is for all ages. From the pond to the meadow to the woods, there are lots of places to explore and things to find at Habitat. Some are out in the open and some are hidden. Families can spend a summer night on Tuesday from 6.30 to 8 and look for items on your own scavenger sheet. Register at massautobahn.org or by calling Habitat. Even the youngest child can enjoy STEAM activities. Kids five and younger can explore science, technology, engineering, art, and math activity centers and circle time on Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. in the library assembly room. On Wednesday, Watertown Children's Theater presents In a Nutshell, a unique show featuring all your favorite works of Shel Silverstein. This show incorporates theater, dance, music, and lots of imagination. All ages can catch it at the library on Wednesday at 2. Kids, teens, and adults can sign up to see if they have what it takes to survive a crashing spaceship in the library's Space Crash Escape Room on Thursday at various times. Sign up now at belmontpubliclibrary.net. The Farmer's Market and Food Collaborative are joining forces in a fun cooking demonstration at the Beach Street Center on Friday at 11 a.m. Learn how to utilize fresh seasonal fruits, veggies, and other products accessible through the market. Seniors who receive Section 8 housing, energy assistance, Medicaid, or community food assistance can also take advantage of the FMNP Farmer's Market coupons that will be available at the demo. Powers Music School's Music on the Hill is a three-week chamber music program for ages 8 to 18. Session 2 concludes on Friday with a final concert with all ensembles at 6.30 p.m. The concert takes place at the First Church in Belmont. 
And Belmont Books hosts many authors and readings next week. On Tuesday, Derek B. Miller will discuss his novel American by Day, following the Norwegian detective Sigrid from Oslo to the U.S. on a quest to find her missing brother. On Thursday, a panel of educational comic authors and illustrators will be discussing science comics The Brain, Coral Reefs, and Polar Bears. On Friday, psychologist and expert witness Dr. Sharon Lamb will discuss her book The Not Good Enough Mother, a book that discusses her own life as a family psychologist. With a son struggling with opioid addiction, she questions her own right to make judgments about other mothers. And on Saturday, children can enjoy a story time with Dr. Jacqueline Visid, all about Ruby and her grand imagination. Learn more about these author events at belmontbooks.com. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. So if you'd like to get involved in the program, or if you have news or community updates, please contact Frederic Rigolo, our producer at fred at belmontmedia.org. That's all for now. I'm Mike Crowley. This is the Belmont Journal. Stay cool, and we'll see you next time.